Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9920. 23 and enter the pin 287-723-4600 followed by the pound key twice and now your hosts chris devon perry lester sean platts robert herrick and bill sparks and i am i am still not bill sparks this week but that's okay bill is here he'll be along to talk to us in a little bit i am perry lester welcoming you to the show uh rick swan is still with us um We'll get him on that thing eventually, but uh, Rick is here, <laughs> as is everybody else. And Chris, we have a packed agenda today. We do. We do. A lot of interesting stuff. This is uh, February 1st, and happy Groundhog Day to everybody tomorrow, and uh, go out and see your shadow if you possibly can. And uh, so this is uh, February 1st, 2022, and it's show number 180, and uh, you know, which means we've ha- we ended halfway around the circle, I guess, of of life or something. And so uh, we, of course, going to going to do our panel, and then we're going to do the uh, uh, NFL. Uh, we'll do a little bit of tennis because the Australian Open ended. Baseball got a few items on that, and we'll talk a little about the Hall of Fame because that was uh, settled right after we got off the air. We knew it would be, and we'll talk about uh, the voting on that. College basketball, a few items on that. Actually, Perry came up with the college football, so maybe we'll stick that in at the end of the uh, – somewhere in there. I don't know. Maybe at the end of the uh, college basketball, we'll do a little college football, NBA and NHL. So um, Pierre will be in with the NASCAR update. Uh, yes, and Pierre will call. Uh, he has, uh, we're going to do a little NASCAR at some point in the middle of the show somewhere. So for my panel uh, today, and, uh, you know, everybody, we had a false alarm on Saturday that Tom Brady was retiring, and then we got the real news uh, early this morning on Instagram that he is going to retire. And what it brought up to me, and we'll be talking about Brady specifically, but what it brought up to me is what a lucky person I am to be a Boston sports fan, to be rooting for these teams. I started basically in the summer of 57, although I did listen to the postgame show for the Celtics in 57 in April, so I do count that as one of the things. But the Celtics have won 17 championships. The Bruins have, I mean, the, Red, the Patriots have won six. The Red Sox have won four, and the Bruins have won three. And that's 30 in my lifetime as a sports fan that I've gotten to experience. What if I lived in Detroit? The Red Wings won this cup in 97, 98, 02, and 08, so four from 57 on. The Tigers have won it in 68 and 84. That's two. The Pistons in 88 and 89 is two more is eight. And oh, four. And oh, yeah, that's right. And and the Lions in 57. So that's 10. They're, and I give I use Detroit because basically they have one team. You know, I'm in Chicago has two baseball teams, blah, blah, blah. So things get harder to compare and Sometimes and we we got a football team in '60. They had one since '57. So that's a little different. But basically, we got four one-team you know setups here, and we got 30, and they got 10. You know that's amazing that we're that lucky that we had we had Bill Russell, Larry Bird, Bobby Orr, 
Tom Brady and Ted Williams in my lifetime, you know, uh, t- some of the top item, you know, guys in sports. And I don't know, they, they can spend all winter now talking about who was the greatest player that Boston ever had with those kind of guys. And that's, nobody's got players like that. I just feel so fortunate to be a Boston sports fan. Now the host to be named later, Rick Swan. Hi, uh, that was, that was interesting. Chris. You know, it makes me always think about, we, we also used to play a game. Sometimes we'll be hanging around at the cookout or whatever. Um, you Mount Rushmore. Of, of different things. And when we do Boston sports, it's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, you got to put, like you said, Ted Williams, Bobby Orr, Tom Brady up there. And then for the Celtic, you know, you got, you got some choices. You got Russell, you got bird, you got Avacek. It's, it's pretty amazing. Most of those guys can be in the discussion of the best player ever in that sport. So it, it, we are very lucky here. Uh, not as lucky. The Giants, uh, they they <laughs> named a coach and a and a and a, well, they did that general manager last week, I guess. Um, I did listen to the um, press conference for Brian Dable. Um, he sounded fine. You know, it's 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 coach talk, and everything sounded okay. The interesting thing is that it, I've heard reports that he was actually offered the job before they finished their interviews. They still had Flores and and uh, I think it was Leslie Frazier. You know, a couple of minority candidates that they still interviewed after they offered them the job, which brings me back to this Rooney law, which is rule, which is, you know, I, it's good, I guess, that, that these guys get to sit in, you know, do interviews. It gives them some experience with that. But it's just, it's, it doesn't seem to be, we're not getting anywhere with hiring people. I mean, it used to be an old political statement back in the 60s and 70s. You never hear it anymore, but I still think it's kind of true. And that is, you can't legislate morality. And it's, you know, you can make these guys follow the rules, but it, it's still, when it comes down to actions, it doesn't always work. And I don't know what else, what else the NFL can do, um, but it, it still seems to be a problem. And I, like I say, I don't know where we go from here. There's only one black head coach right now, Tom went in, Pitts, in Pittsburgh. And, and, you know, if we don't get another one with the rest of this hiring process this year, it's going to be a disgrace. I wonder why um, the NBA can seemingly get it done. Well, yeah. because the well the NBA, uh, they're like uh, in their players like seventy some odd percent black. Well, about it's almost half, I think, in the NFL, isn't it? Yeah, but something just, like that. The players have more power in the NBA than they do in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. And the NFL is a good old boy network. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all the all the teams are owned by families and stuff. You know, been around forever. And, yeah. Uh, which which I, which I didn't think of, but it just reminded me. I hate that when they do these like the Lamar Hunt trophy when they do it on the field. I hate because when the road team wins, it's terrible. Especially when you're giving the Lamar Hunt trophy to somebody in Kansas city. That's not the chiefs. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay. Perry. Well, here we're into February now. So winter is getting closer to being over. And of course that means college basketball rolls on. And uh, Iowa had a not so good loss last night. They lost in double overtime to Penn state lost Connor McCaffrey, one of their guards with a separated shoulder. Iowa State gets Kansas tonight. We'll see how they do. One of Kansas's best players uh, is not playing tonight due to the health and uh, COVID protocols. So we'll see if the Cyclones can win. It's in Ames. So uh, we'll see what they can do. Speaking of Ames, by the way, uh, Chris always tells me, you always find these Iowans. Well, yes. I have found another one. <laughs> Technically, yes, he played at LSU. Yes, he grew up for the most part in Ohio. Joe Burrow was born in Ames, Iowa. So, so now you have I, to not root for the Rams. By ta- Whoa, now let's not go down that road. <laughs> but 
So by technical definition, Joe Burrow was born in Ames, Iowa. Okay. College so basketball. I'm a Rhode What's that, Sean? That means technically I'm a Rhode Islander, even though I'm that's right. There yeah, see, that's we have three right. New Englanders on the panel. That's why it's <laughs> so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how the college basketball comes out. We will. We're of course we'll, we'll get into the bracketology and all that stuff as we go on and get closer to March. Uh, it sounds like this year the NCAA tournament is going to be played more in the normal fashion yeah. than last year, back into the you know into the cities and not in the, in, the, in a bubble. So that'll be cool and. Uh, we will now go to Southwest Florida, where it never is winter to build. Well, it was a little cool. This uh, <laughs> we got down to yeah. thirty-eight degrees. Um, we call that winter, but the natives, the ones that live here um, all the time, or lifelong residents, they love this cool weather. So, hmm. um, not me so much. Give me the regular weather, but. Checking out at all the football games, I was there for the big Amazon meltdown, and I thought, yeah. "Man, it's me! I better go check my router." Everybody thought it was them. Yeah. yeah, 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 and did that over the weekend. Some college basketball. Boy, Kentucky's coming on, so watch out for them. Um, so, but other than that, and just doing flat out radio shows, I guess it. Yeah keeps me out of trouble. I went to the drugstore today and had to advocate for myself. The guy wasn't going to provide a service that they advertise and whatever, and it was total uh, I'm not going to use the words, but <laughs> I said if you don't... It was total malarkey, Bill. Right, right. And if you don't listen to me, they didn't want to... Uh, mark their prescriptions when they're advertising all over the place this is what they're doing and they didn't want to do it so I said I'm going to stand here till you get a manager or I'll get the district manager on my phone but we are not going anywhere until this gets done and you sit here and tell me I don't know what I'm talking about but anyway that's just a just a few minutes out of the life, but sometimes you got to advocate for yourself. Um, speaking of which, Robert can do that quite well. Go ahead and take uh, it yeah, away, Robert. I, I can, and we'll be talking about this more, but the Raiders now have their new hierarchy in place, and they collected people from Boston, so it's going to be Patriots West in Las Vegas. So it'll be interesting whether... We're going to try and copy the Patriot way, but we'll see how that works. You can do better out. with Houston with that. Uh, it didn't yeah. work out too well for yeah, them. <laughs> no, I know. That's that's what I'm worried about. Uh, but we'll talk about that more. Uh, other than that, everything is going decent around here. We're, we've got okay weather for this time of year, so I can't complain. Let's go to Texas and see how things are. Sean, your turn. Well, a lot of a lot of football this weekend. A lot of college basketball. I watched a bunch of college basketball this weekend. We had the Big Twelve SEC Challenge, and you know that went on. We'll talk about that. But yeah, uh, heard an interesting story. And coming up, they're looking at uh, oh, the you know in the pentathlon. Remember they had the the horse riding, the equestrian as part of the pentathlon, one of the five events. And remember, they're throwing it out because 
if you remember in the Tokyo Olympics, they had a rider that punched the horse. So instead of banning that person, they're going to throw the whole sport. Here is one of the things they're talking about replacing it with in the pentathlon. Yes. Go back to your childhood days. Hello fighting. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. That is one of the finalists. And you will laugh at this, but apparently there's actually a professional pillow fighting league. Oh, How do you wow. decide who wins the pillow fight? Yeah, that's what I want to know. I mean, mm-hmm. are we gonna, why not have hide-and-seek or tag or red rope yeah. or something like that? So that's yeah. pillow fights. But anyway, uh, if you want to contact us anytime throughout the week, uh, email us. Uh, sports lounge at allthingsradio.net or uh, 773-572-7715 or 800-693-0595 option number two uh, breaking sports news throughout the week go to 712-432-3642 board nine is the sports lounge board board 13 is your schedules board that's really good to pay attention to especially when we get this week with all the NHL stuff and remember, the Bill Perry and Friends show will be two hours early tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. They're setting in for Tim Oni, so it'll be a, a couple hours early if you're looking. So those of you that come around 1 o'clock, it's going to be early. So, all right, let's get to the week that was okay. the NFL. Another good week. Yes. Well, of course, really, folks, don't listen to us. We we were sitting here talking about we're going to have, you know, there'll be some slaughters here. We're going to, you know, at least one game will be a blowout. We're not going to have these close games again. Once again, it came down to almost the last play in both games. It did on the Kansas City game, not quite on the Rams game. But <clears throat> but the first one, it looked like it was going to be, oh, we're smart now. It's 21-3 to three here. This is, you know, uh, the Chiefs were, were throwing touchdowns. Mahomes was hitting a hill and everything was fine. And, you know, they were, they were up. At, then it got to be 21-10. The Bengals settled things down. You say, okay, maybe they can make a game of it a little bit. And then I think the the worst coaching call of the of the day was by uh, Reed because Andy Reed because he's pretty traditional. He's pretty much kicks his field goal when he's supposed to, like Belichick. He doesn't really do a lot of things. But they decided with twenty twenty one to ten, just before halftime, they were going to go for it and go for the go for the touchdown. And they stopped them at the five yard. They threw them back at the five yard line, which meant it stayed twenty one ten. The Chiefs, the Bengals already had a little bit of a momentum. It took them a while to get really moving on you know, the offense. It was a punt, punting contest most of the third quarter, but then of course they came back. But I mean, twenty four to ten is just just slows the momentum a little bit, and they lost the game by three points. I mean, whenever you do these things, it'll come back to bite you, like all the stuff the Chargers did in that game against the Raiders. And you know, I was was there any. Uh, Comments after the game as to why that happened. Did anybody hear anything okay. about that? Yeah. Although, first of all, everybody was criticizing him for that. But I, I think yeah. we're criticizing the wrong person. I think it was Mahomes' fault. And and I yeah. actually heard I actually heard today that he was told either throw a quick pass over the middle or get rid of it, and then we'll kick the field goal because it was five right. seconds left when they started the play. Yeah. And then he threw it in the field to play, figuring that that mm-hmm. Tariq Hill would make a move and get into the end zone. So okay. I, I I can't blame Reed for that, and and also and Mahomes, Mahomes the said of, after the game he would do the same thing all over again. Uh, yeah. He he said you know even even regardless that it that it didn't work he at, would do the same thing again. At the end of regulation, Iron, he made a couple of terrible you know scramble all around and and finally getting sacked twice that yeah. almost put them out of field goal range. Now 
that end of the first half where I will blame Andy Reid is that he never should have been in that bad a position if he hadn't blown a timeout before doing a a, um, a challenge in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. He took he took the timeout. They charged him with the timeout, and then he challenged the play, and he won the challenge. So if he had if he had just thrown the challenge. You know, yeah. flag out there without the timeout, yeah. he would have saved that timeout and still had one at the end of the half. So as we work our way through this game, there's more stuff to talk about. So did you guys know, and I don't know if they had this on national uh, TV, but I was listening to the Bengals uh, announcers, and they said that when it was 21-21 after the third quarter, that it was the first time an AFC or AFL championship game had ever been tied at the end of the third quarter. That's pretty cool. Oh. The, the 63 awesome. of those. And so then, so then, of course, the Bengals went ahead 24-21, and the Chiefs tied it up with the uh, you know field goal right at the end. And then uh, Von Bell made the interception. So the Chiefs did win the toss; they had a chance. Uh, and but then uh, Von Bell came up with the interception. Bengals came down, and Evan McPherson won the game 27-24. But each team did have the ball, so nobody can say you know they they didn't. Well, you say, Sean? I believe that Mahomes could look well, that good on his first three drives, and then look yeah. so bad in the second. He was, and you wonder if that play at the end of the first half was was playing in his mind. I don't. Yeah, yeah. What well, you say, the, Sean? In the, in the overtime, they were saying that when he threw the pick in overtime, uh, it was Ian Eagle and Tony Baselli on Westwood One, and they said they had yeah. no idea who he was throwing that ball to in the overtime. <laughs> Well, yeah. on, the first, on the first down, he put it right in Eli Apple's lap, and he, he dropped it. Would have yeah. been a big Yeah, that's right. Go ahead, Sean. This, yeah. is the fifth, this is the fifth time in the last nine years that a team has been up by 18 in a championship game or playoff game and lost, uh, lost by, ended up losing the game. And three of the five times, Kansas City was the losing team. Now, there was one time Kansas City won when they beat Houston in the 2019 season, you know, they by, came back from 24 down. Kansas City right. won that. But three times in the last nine years, and they've all been Andy Reid. Yeah. Well, T. Higgins got 100. See, now they really uh, stopped uh, Jamar Chase for the most part. He started to get yeah. going a little bit later in the in the game. But that's the thing. It's almost like Hill got – they stopped Hill – and then gradually Chase got got open. So this well, is going to be. Well, Andy Reid is now nineteen and sixteen in playoff games. Nineteen wins, sixteen losses. Yeah, yeah. And sure. so, so T Higgins had one hundred and three yards. They did go to their other guy. Burrow threw for two seventy five and two touchdowns. And you know, so uh, this this was yeah. The Chiefs, of course, they've had their four home games in the championship, but they lost they lost to the Patriots and the Bengals, and they win won the middle two, but they're two and two in those. It isn't easy. And you go into the second game, and I heard this statistic just before the game started, that since the merger, and really since they got good at all, it was 1970, the 49ers, it happened to be at the same time. That w- This was their 17th championship game in the since, since the merger. Of course, all those games with Dallas, right. all those games early on that they never went to the Super Bowl till they went against the Bengals. They right. ended up, after uh, you know that game, 7-10. and 10. So these right. championship games aren't easy to win. So anyway, so the the moving to the second game. You know, speaking of being speaking of being easy to win, though, Chris Kurt Warner was saying, you know, during the broadcast of the Rams Forty ers game, in his mm-hmm. career, he felt there was more pressure to win the championship game than there is yeah. the Super Bowl. I've heard yeah. that. Yeah. 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 And you know, and also this is one of the rare times you have seen in a two year period. I mean, remember have the number one pick and turn it into a Super Bowl appearance because, you know, you had it 
in about a two-year period with San Francisco, 79, getting Joe Montana, and then 81. And then the Cowboys, who was a three-year yeah, you know, eighty-nine uh, to ninety-two. Joe, but Sean, Joe Montana was not a first-round pick. He was picked in the third round. That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. But all right. But they yeah. were talking about where they had the first-round pick. They had the number one pick in seventy-nine. He wasn't the first pick, but they okay. had the number the teams one. Teams that pick. go to the Super Bowl within a couple of years of having the number one pick. Okay, that's okay. different. Well, that's that's what they okay. were talking about. But Joe, they had drafted. You know, they had. That, that was that draft that they drafted a bunch of stars. Right. But I mean, yeah, I remember very, sitting very here happy. early on in this show when the Bengals had a really bad year in 2019, and well, Zach Taylor doesn't know what he's doing, you know. Oh yeah, he, yep. you know, uh, you no, know we, we got to get people, rid of him. People in Cincinnati wanted to run him out of town, Chris. It was amazing. Yeah. What, it's amazing what happens when you get a, a good and quarterback that, that can win. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, if Joe stuff. Burrow wins, if he wins a Super Bowl. He'll be one of only three quarterbacks to win an NCAA championship and a Super Bowl as starting quarterback, and they're all Joes. Yeah. Okay. Joe, Mon- all three uh, Joes. Joe, uh, Joe Namath, Davis. Joe Burrow, and yep. um, Montana. Montana, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is this so I guess we can go I, to the – any, any more on the Chiefs it. game? We want to go uh, into the Rams game. I just have a question. Is it because I haven't heard, and I don't know why. It seems like you would hear this. But is this the first time we've had a Super Bowl where both quarterbacks are – Overall number one picks? Um, I believe so, Rick. I can't, I can't uh, check on that. I I know it's very it's ah, uh, let me see. No um, yeah, I think it would be. I yeah, believe I'm trying would. to think of another one then I can't. I, I, I think this would be the first. David USF will come in and correct us, of course, but because you know yeah, I, L- I, I, I never faced yeah. another number one in any of his Super Bowls. No. So yeah. Uh, Aiden didn't, right? No, no. Okay, so the Rams beat. Uh, well, they were. It turned out we were uh, spouting off the wrong information. It turned out that the Rams and and the Forty ers had met before in the playoffs, and it was the championship game on uh, January fourteenth, nineteen ninety. And the Forty ers beat the Rams thirty to three. That was the Super Bowl. They then went on and beat uh, Denver uh, right. that 55 year. Fifty five so, to ten. Yeah. Yeah, fifty five mm-hmm. to ten, and they outscored. He gave some ridiculous. You know, 126-26, I think they outscored their opponents or something right. like that. Because yep. <clears throat> they beat the Vikings by a lot, too. So the Rams, uh, so the game started off, and, you know, the, the uh, Rams took the, you know, scoreless for a long time, and the Rams uh, took yeah. the lead. And uh, this cool. I thought they what, were in I, trouble on that first drive, though, when they drove clear down to the four-yard yeah, line, the and pick. then Stafford threw that pick. I thought, yeah. oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to have, and of course they're not on the field. This is like the old quarterback matchup. They're never on the field together. But I think yep. Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup. That oh is yeah, amazing. that's that's going to be the matchup to watch. Actually, yeah. you know, yeah, because yeah. They, they, I mean, they're, again, they're not on the field together. But I don't ever remember two wide receivers that good on a Super Bowl field. No, you know, both of them being that good because Cup has started off like Jerry Rice and Jamar Chase is like one step behind him. You know, right, right, and then of course, so. uh it, it turned as time went on, San Francisco kind of established themselves, got the running game going in the first half and took a 17-7 lead into the fourth quarter. Now, uh, we had a little confusion as to what year, but I think that the uh, this was the first time that a team has uh, had been down by the most the team has been down in the fourth quarter and won a championship game because I think the one that David USF was talking about was the uh, 14-15 season when the uh, Green Bay had the lead in Seattle and yeah. Seattle came back and won that game. Right. So that, they were down by nine. So this is the first time somebody had a 10-point lead yeah. and didn't win the game. So right. um, 
So it was 17-7, and of course, Cup caught another one, and then they kicked the field, you know, got the two field goals, took 20-17. And then, um, you know, the 49ers did have a chance. They were way down there, but then he got sacked, and he threw it up as an interception. It was a not a good play by Garoppolo. I mean, he, he'll come up, and, and it's funny, and you hear it when you're listening to any announcers when Garoppolo is doing the game. They'll talk about some amazing throws he makes, but then they'll talk about some really bad throws he makes. He's not consistent. That's yeah. what he's yeah. not, you know. So, um, but now you know, we almost had the rematch of San Francisco and, uh, you know, Cincinnati, but we don't. Stafford with the two touchdowns to cop 337 yards. And uh, uh, so, you know, it was, uh, it was about a minute and 45 when Gay kicked the field goal to win it. And uh, so they're going to be the two youngest coaches to coach in the Super Bowl. Uh, Zach Taylor is 38 years old. And uh, Sean McVay was born uh, June, January 25th, nineteen. 19- 86, so that means he was born the day before that Patriots Bears Super Bowl that we remember, Rick. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so whatever. But remember, remember though, Sean McVay has already been to one Super Bowl, so he, yeah, he kind of knows right. how, how it works. Yeah, he, does. he lost 13 to 3, so. Yeah. He did. So, uh, and he made, so any comments? Tra- uh, well, Terry, what do you that. think as a, as a Rams fan, uh, go, you know, about the game and, and about, uh, you know, just this whole situation with the Rams? I th- I think they better play better than they did the other night. If they play like mm-hmm. that again, the, the Bengals will take advantage of that and, and it will be, it won't be good. One thing I thought about the other night though, when um, I believe I'm pronouncing it, Jaquaski Tart for the uh, yeah, 49ers, when he dropped that interception, uh, yeah. he was really distraught after the game saying he cost his team the game. One player does not cost a team the whole game. Did that contribute? Certainly it probably did. But I would yeah. not say that one player cost his team the game because there's a lot of things you can look at throughout a game that could have won or lost the game. And I, I always hate to see one player, you know, whoa, I costed my team the game. But I, I think we're set up for a really good Super Bowl. Uh, yep. The Rams, of course, being at home, I hope they find a way. I hope they find a way to quiet that PA announcer a little bit because uh, yeah. no, when you're, when, you're list, when you're listening to the game, it, it's really tough to to hear when you've got this guy screaming the whole. No, they game. have their own PA announcer. Yeah. Now they do. They I don't know what they'll do about for third downs because, for example, when the Patriots have been in the Super Bowl, you hear the ship whistle that, that you hear at the uh, right. at Joette. So I don't know what they'll do about that. Uh, you know anything like that? But yeah. no, they have um, and, uh, what's his name Oldham. Um, Paul, Oldham, first, the Paul Oldham PA. is always the Super Bowl PA announcer. So yeah. I don't think we'll have to deal with that goofball. And then, by the way, Perry, go ahead, Sean. I would also, I would also, you know, I think as far as the 49ers, I think they're done with the Garofalo experiment. Yeah, that's the last game there, right? There. Yeah. yeah, and I was going to say, Perry, that. And when he dropped that pass, it reminded me of Super Bowl Thirteen when Jackie Smith dropped the ball in the end zone for the for the Cowboys against the Steelers. I mean, I, I mean, when I say that one player doesn't cost him, I'm glad he dropped it because I've certainly, yeah. you know, I obviously yeah. wanted the Rams to win the mm-hmm. game. So I'm not complaining, you know, that he didn't right. that he held on. You know, I w- I'm glad he did. But right. I, I just don't think one player costed the team game. But I, I do believe we are setting up for a really good Super Bowl. Yeah, I think it should oh, be. Yeah. Yeah. And that, um, you, know. you know, we're talking about the PA announcement. It's that whole ramp, you know, excuse the term, Mickey Mouse operation at that, <laughs> at, that's, at that stadium. Because Michael Buffer with his let's get ready to rumble was, was doing it while the kickoff was, was happening in the game. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was crazy. And and, and we're, um, again, going back to some bad coaching, uh, McVeigh won, but he did. He, oh, he, he, his, his challenging, challenging was not good. I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. yeah, he made terrible mistakes. Yes. Yeah, and we do so have we do the, have uh, we do have some callers. Let's let's get them in yeah. here. Uh, okay, then we'll go we to the have, news. And uh, we'll get we'll get Dick here. Dick is not a first, but then we have a first time caller. So, uh, oh, okay. Alan, you're you're going to be up right after Dick. So, uh, Dick, you're up first, and then Alan, you'll be Alan. up right after him. Okay, <laughs> go ahead, Dick. Got to unmute. Oh, I think. Oh, oh, oh. there you oh, are. Is there you are. There he is. Thought oh. I heard him. I yep. thought he was in me. Hey, Dick. Now he's muted again. Okay, uh, you have to unmute. Star six. How about now? No, okay, now there, there you go. go. There you go. Now there, you there you go. There you go. You know, uh, that's why cornerbacks are not wide receivers, so they can't catch the ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they catch the ball, they'd be wide receivers. And, yeah. uh, by the way, Chris, that Super Bowl in 1986 was a wonderful Super Bowl. Oh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was a, I remember, it was a great <laughs> comeback. As I always say, when we talk about this, Dick, it was a great comeback victory for the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were down three to nothing. Yeah. Uh, Bill, um, tell me about the new coach of the Bears who used to be a defensive coordinator for your Colts. Should I put away the uh, razor blades, or are they going to be okay? <laughs> well, there's a mixed bag out on him. Some people like him. Some people don't. It's about 50-50. Um, I think he'll be all right for you. He was one of those Josh McDaniel hires that Josh McDaniels actually brought into Indy. Um at the time he was hired and was here for 15 minutes. Uh, so um, I, I think it's a mixed bag. Overall, I think it's going to be a plus. At least he's saying the right things like, well, we're going to build our offense and we're going to build around, you know, Justin Fields. So we're going to take advantage of that instead of seeing – well, we've got Andy Dalton and, 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 you know, we've got Nick Foles and I don't know who we're going to start this week, that week. At least he's going in with a clear mind. So I think you'll I, – I think it'll be okay. There was some criticism of his defense, especially in the fourth quarter of games. However, you got to remember, now he's got a coordinator – who will be doing that, and he's got to manage all the other aspects. So he may be a great coach. And if you're in the NFL and you don't know how to handle players, you probably need to be doing something else because you've had to come up through the ranks and do whatever. So I don't buy that excuse about Josh McDaniels. Well, I didn't know, but, you know. Whatever. Well, but I'll, I think you'll be okay, Dick. I think you'll be okay. Well, good one. Hey, okay. one last thing. I'm yeah. certainly glad the WCKY uh, live streams the games. I don't have to listen to Kevin Harlan. Yeah. Okay. See, I like see when I had to when we had the the uh, Alexa meltdown. I didn't mind listening. That was a, an okay second prize listening to Kevin Harlan. I I like Kevin, Kevin Harlan was not doing the. Uh, 
Bengals game. Oh, uh, no, no, that, I'm that saying was, when, when I uh, just uh, Kevin, that was the 49ers game, but I mean on the Bengals yeah. game, yeah, and uh, the both WLW and WCKY were streaming. Uh, so that's the you know, because they're co-flagships. So they both were streaming. Now they should be doing that for the Super Bowl. So what I'll do is I'll probably put the Rams over on the on uh, Miss A, and uh, it'll be three minutes behind. But then I can see how they called anything. But I'll really be listening to the game with the Bengals. Yeah, that's the one good thing about having the uh, Miss A. Uh, we've got XM through uh, through Miss A, but you know the way you said three minutes behind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Dick, you can have a drinking game with uh, uh, Dave Lapham. How many times he says, I mean, I mean, he came right in there and I, I mean, he really hit him. And, you know, you have a good drinking game that way. <laughs> Take care, guys. Yep, thanks, right. Dick. Uh, let's go now to Alan. If you want to unmute, go ahead and we'll uh, we'll talk to you. I heard Hello. both of the games. Uh, I was able to listen to both of them, uh, one on Fox and one on CBS. Okay. I just cannot see how the 49ers let that game get away from them because they had the lead. They did. With, with a substantial margin, they just let it get away. Well, the Rams, I think, shut down the running game. The, yes, if you could stop the 49ers running game, you know, I mean, they got Kittle and Samuel's a good receiver too. But if you can get their running game to stop, and they didn't do it in the first half. The 49ers had a lot more running. There was a, This Sunday was really a, a day of adjustments where the Bengals were able to settle the Chiefs down after the middle of the second quarter. And the same thing with, with uh, I think, the, the adjustments that were made by the Rams uh, stopping the run after all this time. After the you know, they were in and out with it because in the first game that they played in Los Angeles in, in the last game of the season, they had the run pretty much shut down. And in the second half, the 49ers went crazy. And then the first half, they were doing very well with the run. And then uh, it stopped. So I don't know what was being done. You know, it's, you know, chess matches, I guess, that yeah. you do. In now, the now, line, now during know? the games, um, Alan, did you have a rooting interest in either game? Well, I wanted the Rams to win the second game. You know, I wanted the Rams mm-hmm. to win the game. Uh, I thought they was not going to pull that off because they were down by a deficit, you know. Yeah. Well, you you yeah. and I were in agreement in that because we both wanted the Rams, and I, I thought they were in trouble until, until late in the fourth quarter. I they were in from the get-go because here they I are too. down 17-7 uh, to uh, by a 10-point margin or whatever. Um, when, when they drove down in the first quarter and he threw that pick, I thought, yes. oh, no, that is not the way you want to yeah. start yeah. the game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hey, thanks. Call again, call and, again, Alan. We're, we're and, always happy yeah, to talk. Thank you. Thank you for being a first-time caller, by the way. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's that new right. Skype or that new Zoom thing I put in that, you know, and under now, one number uh, and people Pierre, are used. If you want to unmute here, we would be able to hear you, too. Go ahead, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say real quick, um, and, and I'm going to give Rick something to think about. Brian Flores, who was the coach of the Dolphins, who was fired at the end of the season, has filed a, uh, what's the lack of uh, a better term, a discrimination suit in New York. And he's suing the NFL. And he, it also involves uh, Bill Belichick, you know, he's maybe suing, he's suing the Dolphins, the NFL, the Broncos, and the Giants for racist hiring practices. Is what it yes. So, Rick, maybe oh, you're on to okay. something, buddy. So, that's all I'm going to say about that and roll right well, on. We'll probably hear more about that now. I wonder how Belichick figures in. He did work here, but how does that figure into the, the some? I guess some yeah, yeah, text. 
texts. I guess some texts he wrote. Oh, okay, then. All right. And he was called back for a second interview in Houston, along with Josh McCallum. Yeah. Right. Now, this is a calculated gamble on his part, because if he... What will happen is that the old, old boy network will circle yeah. the wagons. I mean, look at, again, I've said this before, and I'm not talking about saying Kaepernick was a great quarterback, but he did bring a team to the Super Bowl with all the other weird quarterbacks to get three, four, and five chances. He never did. So uh, Flores may be blowing up his career, too, but yeah. it's, it's, I don't know. This is a tough one. We, yeah, better go to, we better go to Pierre, Chris. He's going to yell at you if we don't go to yeah. him. So Pierre, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> Whoa, he can handle Pierre. Yeah. The guy that started this group, John, used to always say every time they made a quarterback rule change, they need to put a skirt on them. Well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow came out after the game for his after the game interview with a diamond necklace. So John yeah. would have really had a ball with him wearing. His <laughs> yeah, he would. Yeah, yeah, they actually they asked they asked him if the diamonds are real, and he said, "Yeah, I make I make way too much money to wear fake stuff." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they asked Joe Burr if those diamonds were real. He said, "With the money I'm being paid, they better be real." <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, though, I, you listen to guys like. Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow after that game, they were so calm. It's like, I'd have been on cloud 149 (laughs) to to the Super Bowl, but those guys, they were just so calm. You know, we have more business to deal with. They acted like it was just another game, you know, but they've never won a road playoff game. Never won a road playoff game, and here they won two this year. Yeah. Yeah. What were you saying, Rick? I just said, talk about calm. How about their rookie kicker? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and remember, back in the early part of the season, he had a day to forget when they played the the Green Bay game. But you know what he said? He said after the game, uh, Mason Crosby, the Packer kicker, came up to him and gave him a word of encouragement. He said, you know what? You're always going to have these games every once in a while. Just just keep doing what you do, yeah. and it'll get better. Well, Crosby's had his, yeah. That's right. Yeah, uh, by the way, for, as a Rams fan, you know, I wonder what they're going to find. They always try to find historic games. I can't even think of a Bengals-Rams game that I remember. I mean, they've no, got to obviously they Jamal, play. Jamal, but, if you want to unmute. Um, yeah. But, I mean, we knew, for example, if the Rams played the Chiefs, you were going to see that 2018 uh, Monday night game. That was oh, yeah. Be, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I also want to talk about NASCAR. Um, okay, may as well get it done now. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll uh, take a football break here real quick. Yeah. yeah, what they're doing is they're they're decreasing the horsepower in the cars to 695. And with the downforce they have, they, they're hoping that the passing will be better. And um, in order – and uh, they're doing it to clash on a special made track just for one race in the Coliseum. And uh, and so uh, what, they, what they're what they doing, they, they've come out with a new car. They call it the Gen 2 car, Generation 2. And what it is, before, when you would crash a car, that car was basically garbage. You throw it in the scrap pile and use it for parts. Well, what they've come out with this year is the new Gen car. And it comes in three pieces. You have the front clip, the back clip, and the module, and that's where the driver sits. And yeah. so if you if you crash the car into the fence uh, and it hits on the back end, all you have to do is unbolt that back end, 
and it's just built in a whole new back end. Wow. And they, and they think and that's, that, that's going to save the owners a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it this Sunday. Like I said, this Sunday, normally it's done the Sunday before day, the Daytona 500, but this year that would be Super Bowl Sunday, so they're going to tie it in with Super Bowl, and that, yeah, that's kind of neat. Tie it in with it. Yeah, it's a quarter-mile track, too, at, and at the L.A. Coliseum. That's what I heard. But the only problem is that they haven't produced enough Gen 2 cars, and they're afraid that uh, that the Daytona 500 may have to start with not enough cars. Okay. All right. Okay, Jamal. Jamal. Hello, how y'all doing? Good. Hey, how about you, Jamal? <laughs> Back after missing last week. But nevertheless, with all that being said, I do agree that the Super Bowl is going to be great. But I'm going to step out and say this right now. You guys were talking about how calm the Cincinnati quarterback and the coach and the kicker was. And that calmness is going to lead to Cincinnati getting their first Super Bowl. I don't care if they go to the Super Bowl. Cincinnati's going to win their first Super Bowl. We got a phone call telling us that, I think. Someone's it's calling in with call, their... So I'm not, I ain't picking it up. Hell with them. Heck with them. They're calling in from Cincinnati to talk about it. You yeah, know, another thing, right. when you think about Stan Kroenke and you think about, um, uh, you know, Paul Brown, you know, uh, Brown, Mike Brown. There, Mike Brown yeah. They have been, over the years, thought of as two of the worst owners in yeah. the NFL. And yeah. here they are going to meet the Super Bowl. So it just shows uh, it, you the parity system they have can get mm-hmm. anybody to the Super Bowl eventually right. if they get lucky with right. the right players. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, nobody liked, back in the day, nobody liked Mike's dad, Paul Brown. No. He was a well, coach. But as Paul owner, Brown was a great coach, you know. Yeah. But people talked a lot of stuff about Paul Brown, and then people certainly talked a lot of stuff in Cincinnati about Mike Brown. Oh, yeah. And we, we don't need to go down cronky, but I think it'll be absolutely hilarious to hear uh, – the Bengals, uh, what was about two years after they had the worst record in the league, on yep. in SoFi Stadium, the big palace of the NFL, built by Stan Kroenke, getting the Hallis Trophy. That, that would be sweet. Well, we'll see what happens. Well, we're not yeah, going to pick it this week. We 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 have right. to wait and figure out how to screw it up this time. We, we yeah, that's do right. Okay. All right. Anything else, Jamal? Are we all set. He's got he's got uh, people to see and places to go and you know stuff like that. Okay, so so can we get to our NFL news and notes? Yeah, little news today. We might want to. Yeah. Okay. So this quarterback TB12, Tom Brady, this uh, guy that played for like 22 years, 20 years with the Patriots, two with Tampa Bay, announced his retirement today. Finally, really announced it. There wasn't any. Uh, reports or whatever. We we whiled away a few hours during our blizzard on Saturday, going through the reports and finding out that it wasn't all true. And it kept us busy. And, you know, that was good for the sports talk shows on Sports Hub and EEI and all. But anyway, so now it's really official. And uh, I guess it's kind of a strange, it, it, as I said last week, you know, before, you know, thinking about that, would he retire? It's almost the best you can do without winning a Super Bowl is to have an amazing comeback to get to 27-27, 27-3. And then, you know, you can just hear sort of the John Facenda thing. And then it was up to his defense, but they could not, you know. And, you know, here he was sitting on the 
sideline and, you know, but, uh, you know, what would he have done if he'd gotten back on the field and, you know, kind of thing. It's, it's kind of the next best thing to a, to a Super Bowl, but obviously he is the greatest quarterback of all time. You know, the most everything's most wins, most playoff wins, most yards, most touchdowns, you know, everything that we've chronicled. And we've really done that during the year as he was passing all those records. So there really yeah. isn't much more to say about that. And, and, you know, we'll see what he wants to do if he wants to get in the media or if he wants to just take a year off and just kind of uh, take it easy. And, and I think and, you he's know, got whatever. some business. I think he's got Chris some business ventures that he's already yeah, he's in. TV yeah. 12. He's got, so, yep. Like someone said, you're going to see him. You're going to see a lot of TV 12 infomercials, you know, his infomercials <laughs> yeah. coming after the, after the Eric Estrada one and the, and the Pat Boone walk-in tub stuff. You're going to see a lot of those infomercials. <laughs> yeah, right. right. You know, right, how right. would you how like would, to be? The person in his circle, because you know Adam Schefter doesn't just doesn't go just on something, something unless he has a reliable source. Wow. Damn and Rappaport. How would you like to be that person in his inner circle that leaked it when Tom Brady found out? Because you knew all day Saturday he's going to everybody. Who, who did this? Who did? Can you just imagine that? I mean, the fear that was going on from, you know, Saturday was all of this was breaking. And during that, ESPN stood by their story that he was going to do it. So it makes me think he did know. You know, Sean, I I heard some people would even say that it could have possibly been his wife that broke the story. I've heard that, but yeah, yeah, that's what I'm wondering. But whoever it was, you know. Well, we'll know if there's a divorce coming soon. Then, yeah. Well, you, you know what's going on. But, yeah. You know, I mean, it. yeah, good career. But it was just amazing that this back and forth, is he coming, is he going? And I went to your stations in Boston and listened. It out, I mean, it was the bigger story than the blizzard in yeah. Boston. Yeah. And in, and in all of his uh, posts on Instagram, and I'm not on Instagram, so I couldn't read the whole thing. But uh, in all of his, yeah. his Instagram, Never once did he mention the Patriots. No, or no, Bill no. Belichick. No, and that's the big story, no. right? On the on the new news on TV today, all they did the whole half hour was, except for the weather, all they did was talk about Tom Brady. But the mm-hmm. big story is that he mentioned he never mentioned New England or the Patriots or Belichick or Kraft or anybody. No. Nobody. Well, Kraft had a very complimentary statement about him. He says, as far as he's concerned, he's still a member of the family, and you know, I think what they will do. I'm guessing that next year at some point they'll have a, a you know time when he comes back and you know they'll honor him and whether he wants to be a patriot for a day and retire that way or whatever I don't know if they'll I've, do that because that really has nothing to do with Belichick you know that's Kraft and and Brady and they are still very close so I, he could still do something like that I've know? heard he may do a one day contract with New England that's what yeah, I've heard. yeah. I, and I do think that nobody will ever wear number twelve again in New England of course no, not yeah that's going to be first time yeah. But he's, you know, it's interesting that that the, big, the real beginning of his fame was when they won the first Super Bowl. So, so his fame began with a field goal against the Rams and ended with a field goal by the Rams. <laughs> there you go. And, and you know what? I, I like the ending of it, but I certainly did not like the beginning. Of it. <laughs> and tomorrow is twenty years, and, and you know, this is twenty years to that day. It was February second of two thousand. Uh, no, February third. I'm sorry, of two thousand two when he won that. So just almost exactly twenty years. Yep. And I would like to, you know, just just thinking about Tom Brady and stuff. Not not today, but next week when we have less time, uh, more time, um, with less football to talk about, <laughs> yeah. and and give you guys a week to think about it. I would like to have you guys tell me your all time five greatest players to ever play football, regardless of position. 
Oh, okay. Ooh. Oh, that'd be that's, good. That's, yeah. The topic. And the listeners think about that, too. Yeah. yeah. Listeners, yeah. all young. Yeah. That'd okay. Well, in a more conventional so, retirement. So in, so, in some ways, Rick is bringing back a poll question. Yes, he, he is. He is. He is. I'm almost, almost making a Mount Rushmore with an extra head, but you know. yeah. yeah, that's okay. All right, so uh, Ben, uh, it's, uh, it's a basketball, an all-time football team, basketball team, or something. Yeah. yeah. All right, so Ben Roethlisberger uh, did retire. That that was expected, and that was fine. A little less confusion there. Uh, so now, there was a rumor last week that uh, Jacksonville was going to hire uh, the uh, Leftwich as Byron Leftwich as the head coach. But now you say there's a the, the, what were you guys talking about before the show? There's a little trouble down in Jacksonville with he doesn't want to coach for the guy that's there as GM. That's correct. Yeah, that's yeah. He and they're okay. keeping that GM. He said I'd come if you fired this guy, yeah. but he they want to keep him. They want to keep the GM. So Byron Lethwich backed out, which makes me think now because with Tom Brady leaving, Bruce Arians is he going to maybe step aside and say, you know what, I don't want to deal with this and. Byron Lethwich moves on into that Tampa Bay job. So that could yeah, be. Well, he knew something. Maybe yeah. the, the, it's going to be an eminently winnable division because every team in the division, uh, maybe maybe Atlanta be the, the favorite because Matt Ryan's going to still be there. I mean, it, yeah. it's still like everybody yeah. around him's fall, falling away, yeah. not going to be there. Uh, you know, we already know that uh, New Orleans will not will have to have a new coach. Tampa Bay will have a new coach. Carolina struggled all year yeah. with their quarterback. So uh, you know, it could be the new uh, NFC East. Uh, could yeah. be the NFC South. Yeah. So Quasi Adolfo Mensa was hired by the uh, Minnesota Vikings as their GM. Uh, and I guess he's more a financial guy. And that's what's yeah. giving, letting people think that maybe Jim Harbaugh, does he have a connection with somebody in Minnesota with the owner or something? I don't know. I don't, but, I don't know, but he, he's going I back don't know, for his, he, he's going back interview for with him again, a second yeah, interview he, tomorrow. Exactly. On National Signing Day, he's got an yeah. interview with Minnesota. Yeah, okay. National Signing Day too. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see what happens with that. But the people are talking about that. But people were also they were talking about that on FAN on Sunday, and they were saying reminding people that how much trouble he had with everybody in San Francisco. Yeah. You know, people just didn't like him there. You know, so I don't really know what's going to happen with that. But uh, you know, but that's the point. This guy Adolfo Mensa is more of a. Um, Often, you know, a, a financial guy. He's been involved and in sort of an analytics guy for football. He was involved in football research and things like that. So he's not, you know, the kind of guy that's maybe as many X's and O's, but knows he knows his stuff. It's, I'm not saying he's not, but maybe he'll he be, would he'll be, a good be able guy, to fit right? in with and survive. You know, once Harbaugh drives everybody else crazy, maybe he'd still be okay. Nathaniel Hackett was named the head coach by uh, Denver. Uh, and, uh, you know, so that, that took care of that job. And, then and the Broncos uh, are, ofi- and speaking of the Broncos, they are officially for sale now, and they expect that they will sell for over $4 billion. Okay. Matt Aberfuss or Aberfuss? I don't know whether it's a Eber- 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 Eberfuss. Eberfuss. Okay. Uh, he's my hired as the Bears coach. We already talked about him. Yep. And uh, Dan Quinn staying in Dallas as the uh, uh, defensive coordinator. Uh, Brian Dayball, we talked about him with the Giants. Uh, being the new head coach there, and so you're you're saying, Rick, the uh, uh, is he uh, all happy with the Daniel Jones? He he didn't do, give any commitment. <laughs> he says I got to work with him. I got to see what he does well. What he you know? Okay. I told, he says I told him to, to get back with me with three things 
over the last few years you've liked about what you've done and three things you don't like. And Okay. And yeah. he's the former offensive coordinator of Buffalo. If he could teach, teach him to run like Josh Allen, that'd be good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he probably can't do that. Uh, and Dave Ziegler uh, went to the uh, Raiders as the GM, and Josh McDaniels is now the going to be the head coach of the Raiders. That was announced today. So what are your thoughts on that, uh, Robert? Um, I... I uh... I uh, like the Ziegler hire. It sounds like he's going to be a decent GM, but I am skeptical about Mr. McDaniel's. He was 11 and 17 in Denver. Apparently, did not get along. Did not get along with players. Uh, tried to basically be a dictator, from what I understand. He claims that he's learned from his experience, uh, but he still he still has not explained, to my satisfaction, his behavior when it comes to the Indianapolis Colts. You agree to take the job, you sign the contract, you hire a coaching staff, and then you, then you decide to back out of the deal, leave your coaching staff high and dry, and go back to New England. Uh, uh, and, you know, he did show up for the press conference yesterday, so apparently he is going to stick around. But I, I am skeptical of, of, of how he's going to do as a coach, you know, what kind of commitment he is. And I could not find out how long the deals are for these two guys. I don't know what kind of contracts they sign. Well, so. the other thing that, that sort of I wonder about, too, is you kind of, after that Colts thing happened, back when, when it happened, everybody said, okay, he's going to be like a co-head coach. Now they got him to come back. They gave him money, and everybody's happy, and he'll move in in the next two or three years. And, of course, Belichick is still there, and McDaniel, you know, has certainly had the uh, offensive responsibilities but he, there was nothing about being a co-head coach or anything of that sort so right uh, yeah. <clears throat> i'm not sure so, if things worked out the way he thought they would uh, when he got back here either yeah. so I, so so I, far I, uh, we have that one the that one filled today we, we still have openings where you know let's go through what we still okay. have left. we have miami jacksonville in florida then we have uh minnesota and uh houston, houston. and there's and one more isn't there New Orleans. New Orleans. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So any more NFL notes? No. No. All right. So we go on to tennis briefly. Well, we have Ash Barty was, was won the Australian Open and the first woman to win in uh, since uh, 78 Australian woman, who was Chris O'Neill, who I don't even remember her name. And the last Australian to win, I guess, was 1980, I guess, on the men's side. And Rafael Nadal won the, his 21st Grand Slam on the men's side, and he came from behind to beat uh, Daniil Nedvedev. Yeah. And he, he um, you know, now has 21 Grand Slams, and Roger Federer and uh, Novak Djokovic have 20. Yeah, and, he's uh, the first male to get 21 Grand Slams. And actually, no, on that on the women, she was the first woman, she was the first Australian to be in a final since 1980. Oh, that was it. Okay, yeah. so, yeah, and, uh, as far as uh, the whole Nadal thing, uh, it was a remarkable because that match lasted for five and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was down two sets to nothing, and he yeah. won match point in the fifth. In the fifth, yeah. Set. So okay. uh, and of course he dominates Paris. He's he's got like thirteen or fourteen French Opens, and that's the next big tournament that, that is in May. And of course, if the French government still goes through with their uh, mandate about not allowing Djokovic to play there. There's a good possibility Rafael could get number 22. And if uh, Medvedev, if Daniel uh, Medvedev had, had he won, he would have replaced Djokovic 
as the new number one tennis player in the world. But since he and lost, he would have been Djokovic been the first. He would have been the first uh, tennis player to win the, his first two Grand Slams back to back. Right. I I watched zero seconds of any of it. I recognize no, the name. But... I recognize the name Nadal. That's the only yeah. name I recognize from yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Well, then let's move on to baseball because we don't want Perry to go to sleep. No. Okay. So David Ortiz was named uh, to the Hall of Fame, and he was the as, only as one. As we to said, be, he would be. As we yeah. said, he would be. He was the third DH uh, full time DH to be put in uh, with uh, uh, Edgar Martinez and uh, Harold Baines. And, uh, you know, we've had some others that have had significant parts of their career with DHing, you know, like uh, Frank Thomas and so forth. But I'm sure they have a criterion of the percentage of at-bats that you'd do as a, right. a DH. So we have the voting for this. And uh, Ortiz got about 78% of the vote. What it is is you have to be, and it doesn't mean you have to be the top of the ballot. It has to be mentioned on 75% of the ballots. So Ortiz right. got yeah. 78%. Uh, Barry Bonds got 66 Um of uh, Roger Clemens, 65.2. Then we have uh, Scott Rowland with 63.2. He's he's doing all right. Um, then we and have he is, Kurt now, Schilling. He's new, he's new to the ballot, Chris, but all he's these other names, the so far yeah. the names you've mentioned are all dropping off. Yeah. Now, how long is it, Perry, that you stay on after your Ten name? Years. For your Ten, years. Ten, Ten years. So, yeah. So Schilling and uh, Bonds and Clemens are off now. But right. Scott they Rowland will, is probably... Th- He's probably going to get it next year, they think. Yeah, it sounds like it. And the way okay. the way that those guys can get in now, there is a way. They go to these committees. The The only problem that uh, Bonds and Clemens are going to have with these committees, the Hall of Famers are very anti a lot of the things that they are accused well, of doing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. here's the hypocrisy on this, though. David Ortiz yeah. was on the Mitchell Report list. Now, he denied everything. He was on there. Tony Larusa managed. The, I mean, with those teams that were a lot of steroid use going what on. They're going to tell the you, what they're going to tell you, Sean, about David Ortiz is that was not supposed to be ever released to the public. Right. That's yeah, but, that's but what the they're going is, to tell you. Bond, yeah, Bonds and Clemens, and Bonds and Clemens, of course, both. They're, they're Hall of Famers either way, whether we're doing the steroid use or yes, not. Yes, that's what I know. said. Before and, they got into it, they were still Hall of Famers. And, and there's, I mean, look at players that have done other things, cheating in baseball that have gotten, I mean, with uh, Doc scuffing balls and kind of juicing their bats, uh, George Brett and the Pine Tar incident. Uh, okay, players players who, and, and leadership who fought to keep uh, the you know, African-Americans out, you know, I mean, Ty Cobb, we all know what he was and right, right. Uh, well, Judge Landis, you know, all these guys, but yet now if you're going to put them, I mean, put them in, just say, just let it tell the era. Just like you have the, you know, they have the history of the Negro leagues. You can put something. This era was an era where baseball overlooked steroids or however they want to word it, you know, overlooked the steroid usage until Congress stepped in or whatever. But these were, you know, some of them, there were a number of them that were legitimate Hall of Famers with or without steroids. But now, Sean, that, 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 was, Sean to... that was all teed up for you. You missed the best one. You yep. missed the best reason as oh, to why. And the best one, of course, is Pete Rose. No, 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 no. Why those guys should be let in. Bud Sealing, who oversaw them, is in there. 
Yes, Bud. Oh, yes, okay. Bud Selig is it. I for, I forgot about Bud Selig, and he oversaw it. He he used he encouraged it, or maybe not encouraged, but he was along with it when baseball was dead after the '94 strike. Yep. And I mean, really, season. really, if if it were not for the Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire year where they were chasing that home run thing. But baseball would maybe still be recovering from the 94 strike. And remember, they were about to contract uh, Minnesota, Montreal. They were up for But the- Sealy being weird. Yeah. By the way, though. Minnesota wasn't doing anything wrong. Minnesota had up, no, uh, you know, that was no. ridiculous. By the way, though, bringing up Montreal, do you know who the last draft pick of the Montreal Expos was? No. Tom Brady. Okay, oh, wow. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> now, the one that that I wonder about, and I don't know, Rick, if you've heard anything about what people are saying about it and why, is uh, Kurt showing because I think his statistics are pretty good. You know, about uh, comparable to some people that are already in there. What is the reasoning supposed to be for Kurt showing? His politics. Yep. Well, I again, well, I know his politics are you know crazy, but. You know that's that's kind of that's ridiculous too. See, well, and, 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 and if you're gonna see, and if I were gonna vote for somebody, I mean, uh, my politics probably would disagree with ninety five percent of the players, but I wouldn't vote for somebody yay or nay because of their politics. But you're you're well, right, yeah. Rick, no. you're right, yeah. you're right though, Rick. That is the reason. Yeah, yeah, um, and, it's, and it's um, you know, yeah. don't think that that didn't play with David Ortiz. I mean, yeah. he 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 was a you know. Very popular with the writers, as opposed to somebody right. like Barry Bonds. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And he Schilling wasn't David, unpopular no, no, wait a minute. With the David Ortiz is not popular with Ryan Lefevre. <laughs> okay. Because okay. of it, remember when they came back after the bombing, and he uh, was he made his speech on the field yeah. before yeah, the yeah. first game of that doubleheader. He did let an f bomb fly, and Mister Lefevre oh, yeah. was yeah. he was less than amused by that. Yeah. But okay. it's, it's well, amazing what you know when if you're friendly with these people, what you can get away. You hear yeah. these days in Boston how what a what a great you know guy he was. He on the field, he was a pain in the neck. Yeah, he he, he, he argued more calls than any player I've ever seen. And there was mm. and there was an incident where when Terry Francona was the uh, manager, where he was giving his post game press conference, Francona, and Ortiz come in and said. I got to talk to you. And Frank Corner well, says, yeah, I'll, I'll be with you. He says, no, I got to talk to you now. And it was because uh-huh. he, he didn't like a, a, um, the, the, the official score. Official scoring. Yeah. That's yeah, right. I gave him that. a, an error instead of giving him a hit and a couple of RBIs. Yep. Or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's unfortunate about showing politics, which, which I don't agree with at all. But I mean, I think that that should not be, uh, you know, come in, yeah. into it. And then he took a, he took a big compliment because he said last year that he wanted to be left off the ballot. Well, and I, th- and I think yeah. that affected some writers, too, when he said, well, just yeah. take me off. And I think they, yeah, and they I said, think okay, they we did. Will. Yeah. 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 yeah, right. Why are, why are the writers even the ones voting for it? It should be, just make it the Hall of Famers or take it away from the writers. Well, if the Hall of Famers, no, no, were, if, should be. if the Hall of Famers were the ones doing the voting, I would almost bet you that the guys like Bonds and Clemens would get maybe five get any votes. No, yeah, yeah, right. no, no, the, no, but, but what, no, better point about who should be voting. You've got the broadcasters like uh, Pat Hughes and Joe Castiglione and stuff. Who've been there uh, even more than many of the writers right. day in, day out following their team, especially the radio broadcasters. They don't get to vote. That is ridiculous. They've never been able to vote. What is it, 1930 when they didn't travel with the teams and the writers did. You know, yeah. that is ridiculous. The radio, the announcers who've been in the league for maybe 10 years should be able to vote. And One uh, you thing know. that I have heard, though, from the writers, um, 
is that baseball nor the Hall of Fame gives them any guidance on what to or to not consider. So they said they should tell us, you know, do they want us to consider character? Do they want us to to consider X? And they get no guidance. So there again, that just another... Just another baseball story to where they provide no leadership. Right. And there was, yeah. there was one writer I heard him on this podcast who still has a vote, who did vote for Bonds and Bonds, Clemens, and Schilling. He said. Yes. He and well, I know, Dan Chauncey didn't vote for Ortiz because he said he was on the Mitchell Report. So that's yeah. uh, well, I, I, I can it. tell you one that I heard was uh, John Paul Morosi, and he said he voted for Bonds, Clemens, and Schilling because he said, I turn out the tune out the stuff because he said technically i have to say there were no positive tests for bonds right. and clemens and he said i could care less what shilling's politics are right, right. Yeah. right. and and andrew marchand who does the the sports media podcast also voted for him well, somebody, somebody got 34.3 got 34.3 on his, his first uh, time so we'll see what happens with him down the road He's i suspect he won't go up much because he no. actually had two positives yeah. Yeah. And he okay. got suspended for an entire season. So. Yes. So I guess we can move on from that. And uh, Perry, I guess we've got no news is good news. Uh, theoretically, we think it might be good news on baseball. They, they didn't storm off and say they're not going to talk. I guess they nope. did have a, a meeting today. They had a meeting today and not much <clears throat> progress. They said no significant progress. That would say they maybe had some, you know, some minor, minor things progress. that they talked. But yeah. I mean, it, it's heated. That's the they said heated exchanges between both sides, but yeah. you're going to have that in negotiations. That I'm, I'm not real worried about that. No, but it looks no. like it looks like, and and you know, don't get too worried yet that spring training no. is going to at least be delayed. Right, and you know, like I said, if if we start on March 31st, people will no, will little note nor long remember what they say at the negotiations, as they say. Right. In the uh, you know, the only thing, the only thing the spring training really has that affects people is. When you have people that were planning their spring training trips, you know, end right. of February, 1st of March, that probably isn't happening. Yeah. No. no. But um, so I think that might be it for uh, baseball, as far as I know. And yep. uh, why don't you throw in your college? We can do college basketball next. But why don't you throw in? You had a little college football note, yep. Terry. Uh, Caleb Williams, who was the quarterback at the University of Oklahoma, he is going to USC to play for his former coach, Lincoln Riley. So they are reunited okay. in Southern California. Okay, so for college basketball, Louisville fired uh, Chris Mack as their coach. Yeah, so, Perry, you said that they now is a mess. That's need a an mess, AD, sir. a president, and uh, a, a coach. Yes, <laughs> so, they are, you know, they're looking for the whole ball and, of wax. And remember, Chris Mack was suspended for six games at the beginning of the season. Could not have contact with the players. Louisville, Louisville's been in a mess for a few years with the whole FBI yeah. thing, the Rick Pitino scandal. Uh, of course, they've had football, Bobby Petrino. Now, granted, that scandal happened at Arkansas, but they rehired him after all that. No, no, Bill, they, you're cl- Bill, you're closer to that situation in Louisville. Have, what have you heard as far as in what caused any of this? I mean, we know that we know there were some problems, and you know they're trying not to pay him. But what have you heard? I mean, you're a little bit closer to it than we are. Uh, recruiting problems with recruiting violations not getting along with players and the fan base. Just a few minor okay. things. Yeah, yeah. Those are, yeah, those are really minor. 
Gallagher, <laughs> he left on his own, but he was basically going to be asked to leave. And the yeah. top, the top candidate is uh, former Louisville basketball player uh, Kenny Payne. And there's talk that they go ahead and finish this out with the interim coach. But they've done this in college football tour. You go ahead and hire your head coach and let him start establishing this program because they got a lot. They got a whoever comes in has a big mess to clean up. Well, they don't have an athletic director. They don't have a president, and now they don't have no. a. Yeah, they got to hire them first. Right. So now, they, who, yeah. so now, Bill, who at this point? I assume they have what an interim athletic director. Yeah, they have interim president, interim athletic director, right now, and and an interim basketball. Coach. Right, and they're t- also talking about Bruce Pearl, but there uh, you right go down the same. You go Auburn, right. Cl- Auburn claims with Bruce Pearl that they have just signed him to a lifetime deal. Now we know that, of course, until he does <laughs> <Yeah>. something. <laughs> well, what it is, it's, a, it's basically, he had a long deal. They added eight more years of $50 million, and they're basically saying it is a lifetime contract, but they add eight years onto his current deal for $50 million. But Louisville, with their reputation, and, and Bruce Pearl coached in Evansville. Well, he actually, maybe the University yeah. of Evansville could use him, but he won't go there. <laughs> but but he he coached at the same college I attended, the University of Southern Indiana. But Bruce has had his issues in the past with the NCAA, so yes. I'd... You know, that's, uh, an interesting que- that's an interesting question, though, Bill, being a, a Missouri Valley team. What is wrong with Evansville, it's like that program just seems to be in well, the, and, I, and I know, and I mean, the coach there now. I mean, it was it was horrific before he got there. It all started when they lost their basketball coach into the maybe first second season, who was played for the University of Kentucky, named Walter McCarty. Well, Walter got fired in the middle of the season, kind of like this guy did at Louisville. But it was a quick firing. He had problems with the women. Okay. So they hired an assistant. (laughs) They plugged in an assistant coach who coached at Butler and was fired. And has pretty much been fired wherever he's at. So... They've only got their first win was the other day, so it's a it's terrible. Todd, it's, uh, the coach is Todd um, L- Link Linklater. 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 And he was he was actually somewhat successful at Butler, and then he, he took the job at the University of Iowa, and he 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 plays huh. a slowdown type of game, which in today's world a slowdown type of that. game is just not no, but. That's kind of what's going on. So that's that's really what's going on. But I think I think they'll probably when this Kenny Payne doesn't he coach for somebody now or on somebody's staff? Uh, this guy you mentioned, I believe he is. So I'm not sure about that situation. But I'll find out between. Uh, yeah, this week and next, and I'm just telling you, stories are just popping on this Flores thing. So yeah, just be just just be mindful of yeah. that. This one is going to be a big one. Yeah, yeah, we'll watch we'll, that we'll certainly be talking about that next week. 
Uh, while, so, um, while we're on college basketball, Chris, and in the yeah. Missouri Valley, we were talking about Evansville. Yep. We know that Loyola is going to the AAC next year. Uh, the mm-hmm. Missouri Valley has added um, – they have added Belmont and UIC, and I am forgetting one um, – down there it's in tennessee but i'm forgetting it but they've added three uit is uh, who is uit illinois, illinois chicago oh illinois okay and uh illinois, chicago. so they're gonna have, there'll be a 12 team league i will get that other team for you next week there'll be a 12 team league now so the top four will get buys and you'll have four games on thursday so now you don't want to finish fifth on down yeah okay so uh sean we had the uh Right in the middle of the season, it's kind of cool. You know, the, B, the ACC and Big Ten do it at the, in, uh, right after Thanksgiving, and that's fun. But in the middle of the season, it's kind of fun to have a little break with the uh, SEC and Big 12 uh, had their little challenge. Where is Sean? Uh, Did we lose Sean? Sean is, he's not there, but yes, they, they did. They had it, the, uh, um, the SEC Big 12 challenge. Um, Iowa State and Ole Miss won the two games that I listened to, so <laughs> you're happy about um, that. They 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 won those two games, and they they had to pull away in the second half to do it. But um, but yeah, they did have that last week, and and that's mm-hmm. always it's always fun. Um, the SEC, I know Kentucky beat Kansas pretty handily. I think it was pretty even. I think they ended up. Yeah, I think that it ended up fairly even. Um, I think it was I six think it was to four. Right I think time. six to four was the. The SEC won yeah, six to four, I, I think. think. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I heard a good game on Sunday before the championship games, the Providence game, because they postponed it from Saturday. So it was 1230 on Sunday at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. And Providence, who's still in the top 25, beat Marquette, who had won about seven in a row. And they're, they're a borderline top 25 team. So that Big East has four or five teams in the lower part of the top 25. They've you know they're not maybe as uh, operational on as some conferences, but they're they've got the, their teams. You know Xavier's doing okay. Providence beat them this week, so Providence has quite a streak. They're in first place right now, and they were 17 uh, the last I heard. So, <clears throat> so that's all I have on college basketball. Anybody else got anything? When Sean comes no, I, back, if he has anything, I think no, that's it. No. Okay, so let's move on to the NBA and give you the standings right now. And the East is crazy at the top. I didn't realize how tight it was getting. So we got Chicago leading at 31 and 18, Miami 32 and 19, Philadelphia 31 and 19, so half a game out, Cleveland 31 and 20, a game out in fourth place, Milwaukee 31 and 21 and in fifth place, and Brooklyn 29 and 20 in sixth place. So those top six teams are within uh, what two games of each other? Yeah, uh, two, yeah, uh, two two games I think. Thirty-one and eighteen. Just, to 29 just 20. imagine where the Bulls might yeah. be if they were healthy. Yeah, really. yeah, that's right. And Miami too, because Miami now uh, they they are well. Actually, I don't know if it's a health thing. There's some personal thing with Kyle Lowry, and he's not around, and they are not disclosing what it is. So he wasn't there, and they didn't play Jimmy Butler. Now he played in the. I listened to that some of that Toronto. Uh, triple overtime game with Miami on Saturday night and he was playing that game, but maybe it was a, a chosen day or a workload uh, thing, but they yeah, blew him out last night. But anyway, so then you drop down to Charlotte and their lone little uh, place there, 28, 23. Then you get to the play in battle. Eighth place is Toronto right now at 25, 23 ninth place. The Celtics 27, 25 Celtics actually have won, I think 10 out of 15 or something since new Year's, since the day before new, you know, new year's Eve. So they've, they've been playing better. Atlanta now has gotten themselves in the mix in 10th place at 24-26. 
Uh, the Knicks are 24 and 27 and 11th. The Wizards have been struggling, and we'll talk about the Wizards in a minute. They blew, uh, they had an all-timer the other day with the Clippers. 23 and 26 in 12th place. Then the perennial 13th place, Indiana, <laughs> at 19 and uh, 33. Then Detroit is 12 and 37, and Orlando 11 and 40. In the West, we have Phoenix establishing a little cushion, 40 and 9. Golden State, 38 and 13. Memphis is still going strong, 35 and 18. Utah, 30 and 21. Fifth place, Denver, 28 and 21. Dallas, 29 and 22 in sixth place. Then we'd get to the play-in teams. Minnesota leads that group at 25-25. We have the Clippers at 26-27. The Lakers at 24-27. Then there's a big drop-off, but somebody out of this next group is going to get in the playoffs. Portland is down to 21 and 30, and they're in 10th place right now. San Antonio, 19 and 32. New Orleans in 12th at 18 and 32, Sacramento at 18 and 34. So somebody's going to get in among those lower echelons, but really the seven, eight, nine teams are, you know, more, much more solid than those, whoever's going to get in. Then we have Oklahoma city at 15 and 34 and Houston at 14 and 36. So that's the way the standings look. So then Chris, we go I, to I the found end. that other team, by the Sorry. way, we were thinking about earlier in the Missouri Valley, it's Murray state. Okay. Oh, okay. Erasers. I like their name. Yes, the racers. Okay. So the Clippers were down 35 points on last Tuesday night and against Washington, and they were also down seven points with 20 seconds to go, and they won that game. So that's that's an amazing loss or victory, however you want to say it. And I guess the Clippers had been down by 24 or so in two other games in this past month. So they've certainly been coming back, you know, um, over the last little while. The Clippers never give up attitude, apparently. Uh, Let's see. And the other, that tied for second. Uh, Sacramento was down by 35 uh, in a game, and they came back and won it. And let's see, and I think Utah was down by, uh, uh, Utah was down 36 and beat Denver 106-103, 11-27-96. So those are all-time comebacks. Yeah. Uh, So let's see. Uh, What else we got here? We got Cleveland, uh, and again, we, uh, the last time that a team was down seven with 20 seconds to go, Cleveland beat Orlando uh, on uh, January 2nd of 14 after having done that. So, and also uh, David USF wanted us to know that Anthony Davis had come back for the Lakers. He'd been out for about five weeks with a knee uh, surgery. Right. And then, uh, or knee, knee, knee sprain, I guess they actually didn't have to do uh, surgery. The All-Stars, we got these from our, our friend Maine Reason, who was on a, one of our original shows. And uh, LeBron was the winning, leading vote-getter in the West and uh, Kevin Durant in the East. So LeBron is a starter a starter in the West, along with Steph Curry, uh, John Morant of Tennessee, of uh, yeah, Memphis. Then we have, uh, uh, let's see, Andrew Wiggins for the uh, Golden State. I guess he's playing pretty well, Robert. I hadn't heard yeah, much yeah, about him. Yeah, he, uh, by, by far, this has so far been the best year of his career. That poor guy has bounced around. He got drafted by Cleveland, uh, traded to Minnesota, and, of course, then he was in the package uh, deal when uh, the uh, Wolves acquired uh, uh, D'Angelo Russell. And uh, uh, by, by far, this is his best year of his career. He's so a former far. number one pick, if I remember, too. That is correct, yep. Yeah. Yep. So he's he's on the all-star team. 
and yep. it's also his uh, first uh, appearance in the All-Star game. That is correct. And, yep. and Nikolai Jokic of Denver is also right. on the team. In right. the East, we have Kevin Durant. Now, he's injured, or so he probably won't be playing in that, so they'll have to replace him. We have uh, Trey Young for Atlanta. We have uh, Giannis for Milwaukee. And then Joel Embiid for the 76ers, who's had a great year. And then DeMar DeRozan for Chicago. So that's and, the all-star uh, the, game. The reserves will be named by the by the NBA on Thursday, so uh, they'll do that before the first TNT game. They'll name all the reserves, and also Joe Engel for the Utah Jazz is gone for the rest of the year. Uh, in their last game, he ended up tearing his ACL, so that's going to hurt the Jazz. So. Okay. All right. Anybody with any more NBA stuff? And remember, the NBA trade deadline is February 10th. Correct. It'll be uh, so we'll be uh, right on the cusp of that when we're on here next week. Probably have a, that's right. Usually, there's a few trades, uh, you know, three or four days before, so we might have a couple of trades for you. Yep. Okay. All right. I think we can go on to the NHL. Yes. <clears throat> we have in the Atlantic Division: Florida with 69, Tampa Bay 64, Toronto 59, the Bruins 53. We have Detroit at 46, Buffalo 35, Ottawa 32, and Montreal historically bad. This has to be like the worst Montreal team in, in my lifetime or something. Only yeah, it's, it's, it's really bad. It's, it's not good. And you keep wanting to get TSN 690. I don't know why, but uh, you do. Well, want to because, <laughs> because, you know, Dick and others have called up and asked about the Canadians. So no, I, I want to give I want to give them answers. No, and they're good <laughs> announcers and, and all that. I get it. But uh, yeah. no, it's it's just they, this is historic. This is uh, I mean, they've never I mean, they went, for example, when they'd missed the playoffs in 1970, which was amazing. There was a great race between all the, the five teams, at the top of the East, you know, the the Bruins and, and the Chicago and Montreal and the Rangers and Toronto and stuff. And they were all in the mix. And Montreal was the odd man out. They didn't make the playoffs, which shocked everybody because they, of course, uh, had been winning the Stanley Cup. That was the first time they hadn't made it since 1948. I right. mean, that is the kind of streaks they've had just year in, year out in the playoffs. And okay, it's, not, it's okay to not make the playoffs, but they've never been out of the playoff picture by this time of the year. Never, yeah. never, never, never. And, and the Bruins continue. Yeah, and they were in the finals. That's right. And the Bruins yep. continue with this goaltending thing. Uh, now, I guess they I, they uh, took my recommendation and they came up with an undisclosed injury, not, neither <laughs> in upper nor lower body for yeah. Tuka Rask, which that's good because he needs to do something. That wasn't I think working. Maybe it's his upper head. But... Yeah. yeah, maybe it's his upper head. So now Swayman is there as a backup, and uh, maybe he'll play soon because Olmark was terrible <laughs> the other day. Yeah. And then lost 6-1 to one against Dallas on Sunday. So, yep. you know. Not that anybody was totally paying attention to that with the championship games, but still, uh, yeah. maybe we'll see Swayman tonight. They're playing the Kraken, and they tend to have Swayman. When Olmark and Swayman were playing together anyway, they tended to give uh, Swayman the uh, the teams that were easier to beat anyway. So, you know, yeah. I, I want to see Swayman. I think Swayman's the guy of the future, but yeah, yeah. Who, who knows? Metropolitan Division, we have Carolina with 64, uh, the Rangers 62, Pittsburgh 61, Washington 57. Then we drop off to uh, these teams that were not are not going anywhere. Columbus forty one, the Islanders thirty six, Philadelphia thirty six, and New Jersey thirty five. So the the about all you can hope for, and I think the Islanders will get that fifth spot. But there's not there's no way you can pick up sixteen points in half a season. I don't no, but I, I I I'm I'm telling you, I'm not a fan of any of these teams. But I know if the Islanders get there, 
with Barry Trotz with his playoff experience, he'll have his team ready to go. Whatever yeah. well, not, not this you know, year. Not this year. No, I think the playoff is, 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 I think we've almost got, you know, Detroit's got a way to go to try to catch the Bruins, but yeah. that's about it. I mean, you really got right. have the eight teams, I think, yeah. pretty much picked. I know. In, in the Central, uh, Colorado with a big lead. They've got 67. They've been playing great. Oh, Bruins yeah. got an overtime loss, so they got a point the other night against them. But Colorado has been undefeated at home for a long time. I they're they're playing lights out hockey right now. They are. Nashville with 58. Minnesota, 57. St. Louis, 57. Dallas, 48. Winnipeg, 43. Chicago, 39. And Arizona, 24. So that's what I mean. I brought up Montreal because Arizona's got more points than Montreal right now. That's pretty that's amazing. That's correct. Yeah. Now, what's strange, Robert, and I don't know. You follow the West and I don't. Okay. Look at these Pacific totals compared to the Central totals. Uh-huh. We got Vegas leading in the Pacific with 55. That wouldn't even get them a playoff spot in the in the uh, Central right no. now. So no. what's going on? Are they beating up on each other? Are they both good divisions, or are the well are they, they have uh, fewer games in the Pacific, or what? Uh, well, uh, with all the cancel, with all the postponed games, I think a lot of the uh, Pacific Division games got wiped out. So I, I have a feeling during this uh, mini break that we're supposed to have, I think we're going to see a lot of Pacific Division matchups. That's okay. my guess, but. But also, the Pacific Division is incredibly competitive, so yeah, uh, got to so, factor uh, that in too. So. so Vegas has fifty-five, Anaheim fifty-five, the Kings have fifty-three, Calgary forty-eight, Edmonton forty-seven, San Jose forty-seven, Vancouver forty-six. So they're all in yeah. the mix for those those top uh, three spots because right. really, I mean, you know, that's that's reasonable. Uh, and Seattle is the only one that isn't with thirty-two. Right. You know. Right. So, uh, yep. so that that's the uh, the deal with that. I don't think we had any NHL uh, news and notes or any. Oh, wait a minute. No, we did. Uh, we had the hiring, uh, uh, the extension of uh, who was that with Pittsburgh extended? Oh, Jeff uh, Carter. Jeff, Jeff Carter, Carter, two years. Yeah, yeah yep. he got a, he got a two year deal. So yeah. Uh, and the thought was, if they didn't sign him, they were going to put him on the trade block. So okay. You know. So he got the two year deal, and also. Uh, Evander Keynes has found a home. Oh. He's going to play with the Edmonton Oilers. As crazy as he and his wife and the whole kit and caboodle are, yeah, he's going to play for the Edmonton Oilers. I'm glad away. he's no longer my problem. That's, that's that's all I can say about that. So, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, boy, it seems like every... Yeah, yeah go, ahead, go Rick. ahead, Rick. The Rangers retired Henrik Runquist's number last Friday. Yeah, they did yes, that they on did. Friday. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was good. Uh, and uh, no, he's, I mean, uh, you know, we remember Eddie Jockerman and Gump Worsley, but that he, you know, he'd be right up there with the uh, Ranger goalies of, of all time for longevity and success, you know, and all that other stuff. Well, and, and Dan, Fries, Dan Beesberg too. You can't forget him. Yeah. He was very good. I think he broke all of the Ranger goaltending records, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. yeah. So anyway, okay. Any, anything else on uh, hockey? One more, um, yes, I do have one hockey note. Believe it or okay. not, this might be a first that I have a hockey note. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, uh, here it is. is. Is it about your Iowa uh, hockey team, the it, Iowa it Wild or whatever? It's about, it is not. It's about the Olympics. The, okay. Um, because the NHL are not going to have players in the Olympics this year, it is going to be a kind of a combination of college players and ex-NHL players. That's who's going to compile the Olympic team. Minor, and minor leaguers, leaguers also. Yes. So okay, and so 
So now we go into the uncharted uh, territory after tomorrow of the schedule now. So what we have, and we should mention this actually about the two All-Star games, just so people know what's going on in Vegas this week. We have the NHL All-Star game on Saturday at 3 o'clock Eastern time in right. Vegas. And that, that'll be because this would have been the All-Star break leading into the Olympic break. But now we're just going to have a mini All-Star break about right. four to five days, right. <clears throat> which will go from Wednesday till I guess, Sunday. They'll start playing the makeup games. Yeah. And so that's going to be, and I assume we're going to do our divisional format, which I kind of like. I enjoy yeah. that divisional I, format. I think, that, I think that's how it's going to be. I haven't heard any differently. So. Yeah. And then Sunday will be the all-important Pro Bowl. Uh, <laughs> that's also at 3 o'clock. And both of these are on ABC slash ESPN. The uh, hockey and the, uh, you know, the Pro Bowl uh, yeah. will be on, on ABC slash ESPN on both 3 o'clock Saturday and 3 o'clock Sunday. And I was saying, this is, this is pretty good. Hockey players uh, have been known to gamble. Football yeah. players have been known to gamble. And, yeah. uh, you know, so I think they're pretty happy where the All-Star game is. And they may, there may be a motion in the NFL, at least, to keep it there forever. Because yeah, I think well, the uh, players and, show up. And like, like I said earlier this week, Chris, uh, not only you have the two All-Star games there, but there's also a boxing event there this weekend. So uh, there'll be plenty for people to do in Vegas. So. That's well, there always is. Usually is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, we do anyway, have, anything else we need we to cover? We do have two hands before we go. All right. Yeah. Um, well. Jamal, if you want to unmute, you're first. And then, Dick, you're up right after Jamal. Jamal, while you're unmuting, they have uh, announced that the score, at least for the time being on their overnights, Mark Grody will work three nights a week. And then the other two nights will be a rotating list of hosts it did not say who the rotating hosts are but okay. there will be a rotating list of hosts what do you think of that Jamal? well i heard that last night i was listening to the score trying to get some sleep and i think mark brody can do a, an admirable job he's not less grab scene no one will ever replace the big and, Gro and grody, said, grody said that right away he said i am not less Grobstein, but i'll give it my mm -hmm. best yeah right and, and i also want to talk about uh, the transition in the Missouri Valley. The University okay. of Illinois Chicago is going to move to the uh, Missouri Valley, which, as that's how you find I'm happy, that would mean when the weather gets when weather gets better, it's not crazy, and in the future, I perhaps go chance the UIC Pavilion to check out SIU basketball when they come to town. So at least okay. Chicago's not going to lose access now, to SIU. Now, Jamal, does, Jamal, does UIC have a radio broadcast? Yeah, they, they're on uh, AM 1000. Okay. Oh, okay. They, right. They're on AM 1000. And you were talking about Brady retiring. Tom Brady, hats off to Tom Brady. The man really doesn't have that much more to prove. I mean, 10 Super Bowls, 7 oh. victories. I mean, hats off to... I mean, I was not the world's greatest New England Patriot lover, admittedly, but Tom Brady had a hell of a career. And as for the Bears' new coach, Matt, whatever his name is. Eberflus. 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 It sounds more like a hockey name or a soccer yeah, name, but nevertheless. <laughs> the Eberflus show. But anyway, I, I, but nevertheless, I do think of the I'm willing, I'm willing to give him a chance. Now, I noticed something, though. He said he was going to convert back to the 4-3 defense. The Bears have always been pretty much a 4-3 team, never until John Fox came in and switched it to a 3-4. Yep. 
So what well, I, Jamal, so if what I can I'm learn like, to say Ime Udoka, you can learn to say Eberflus or whatever. Yeah, so, 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 so what I'm wondering is how many of the Bears' defensive players will be trans, when they transform their 4 3 You got Cleo Mack. You got uh, Robert Quinn. Yep. I don't know. If they. I don't know. If they can play in a, a four-three or not. I don't. Know. You know, it's, it's all schemes. You know, Jamal. If you start, if you have your full workouts, and there's no reason to think the teams can't this year. If you have your full workouts, it's a question of lining up and who you're going against. And if you're a talented athlete, you can play in whatever scheme they give you. I mean, that's not that's not a big deal. You know, it's, and again, it's line up and play. And you got Akeem Hicks, and you got. Uh, yeah. Well, Al Nichols, I'm wondering if Akeem Hicks could play def- would have to play defensive tackle. I don't know. You know that, well, we'll find that's out. That's what I'm curious about. And the, uh, you know, I, when you're drafting for that defense, if that's what you want to play, you're going to draft people for that defense. So you might make a trade uh, too. And you know, of course, they're not going to have their first draft choice, but uh, you know, they'll 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 have to mix and match. But you can't say, oh, we're this is we're a three four team, we're a four team three team, we never can change. I mean, if I remember uh, Chuck Fairbanks. When he came in here, changed it to a three-four. People weren't playing three-fours at all in the NFL, and uh, you know he did that the first year and just said, "We're just going to do it." Well, they were a young team; nobody expected anything. But still, nobody's expecting anything from the Bears either right now. It is. It's easy to change from a three-four to four-three. Yeah, but I I think Jamal for the Valley. I think this is good for him. I I think it's going to encourage more teams to get good, and so you can finish in that top four, so you don't have to play on Thursday. I think it's it's good for him. And is Austin P the other Tennessee team that's going into the Valley? No, Murray State. Murray State. Belmont. Oh, that's Mur- Murray, Murray State. State. Murray State was in Kentucky. Murray State. Belmont is Yeah, Murray State and Belmont and UIC. But is, yeah. it, is Murray State, State in Kentucky though? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes. That, and Belmont is that Tennessee. I think was okay. That was the reason I was nailed by that tornado last month. Yeah. Yep. Belmont um, was in one of the lower lower conferences, and it managed to work their way up into getting mm-hmm. to the OVW, and now they're going to the Missouri Valley. Remember, they were one of these right. uh, upset teams a few years and ago. The, and the, remember, the Missouri Valley likes this because it's going to give them a little – it's going to give them a footprint in Kentucky and Tennessee a little bit further south. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and they like them some yeah. decent basketball teams. It, it some does. some decent basketball teams. Yeah. See, it okay. as well with, with, with Loyola. Yeah, I am back. You yes. Too. With Loyola, with losing Loyola – and Dick, you're you're up, so don't hit anything because you're already unmuted. Um, All right. With sure. with losing Loyola, um, I think this is good because you have Drake, you have Northern Iowa, and it was going to be basically the rest. But now you're bringing in some decent teams to play Drake and Northern Iowa. Yeah. Dick, go okay, ahead. What's up, Belmont, Dick? Murray. No, Belmont and Murray State have gone back and forth winning the OVW, the OVC. Uh, Murray State's won at a bunch of the racers in Belmont. You know, those two have won it the last few years. So, yeah. And, okay. UIC, and uh, UIC comes to the Valley out of the Mid-Continent Conference and whatever that thing yeah. is now. Yeah. yeah. Right. Go ahead, Dick. Go yeah. ahead, Dick. Well, listen, if Jamal's still there, uh, being a Loyola grad, uh, are they on the radio anywhere that I can find them online? I don't know. They were at one point. I don't know where they are. They they are, but I don't know the station, Dick. I I will try no. to find that out for you. Was they are one time. They are on the radio though, because uh, Jeff Hagedorn is their play-by-play man. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Uh, now, guys, I am. I was worried. That you weren't going to talk about that exciting game next Sunday out there in Vegas? Oh, yeah. No, it's not exciting at all. Glued to my radio every second. 
Oh, yeah. Like, don't miss a play. Because I know how yeah, time they, for they predictions. Try. Yeah. <laughs> I no, I'm going to be doing everything on Sunday. Trust me. Yeah. Sean, uh, Sean now that now that you're back, Sean, I you I know you wanted to hit on the SEC Big Twelve thing, so take a minute and do that. Yeah, I'll do a little bit on that. And I apologize; I had technical difficulties, could not get back into Zoom. Phone wouldn't come. It was on my end. The phone wouldn't come back on. But anyway, all right. SEC Big Twelve. SEC won six games to four over the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve teams that won: Texas over Tennessee, Iowa State over Missouri, uh, TCU taking down LSU and Texas Tech over Mississippi State. The SEC teams, Auburn over Oklahoma, Alabama, Baylor, Florida over Oklahoma State, Arkansas, West Virginia, Ole Miss over Kansas State, and Kentucky over Kansas. They took that one down. And some games to watch this week. Tonight as we're recording this Tuesday, you're listening live, you got some pretty decent games you got. You got uh, Kansas, Iowa State, Texas, Texas Tech. Uh, pretty decent game. Uh, both of those. Texas going back. Chris Beard going into Lubbock, the hostile environment where they're not happy that he left. And then Saturdays, Baylor, Kansas, big matchup in the Big Twelve. And Coach K makes his re- final appearance at the Dean Dome, uh, Duke and North Carolina, and game day. Will be there. Those are on Saturday. Those are some games to watch. Well, no, that's so. a okay. That's yeah. a shocker that game day is going to be at Duke, North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I am yeah, shocked. Yeah, even when the teams are bound, especially North Carolina, but the fact that it's Coach K's last trip there, and you know, the last trip in there, so that's just <laughs> right. It's, but yeah. now, one yeah, thing that it is not. Could... It one thing that it is not, uh, Sean. It is not your final appearance, but it is time for you to. Make this our final yes. appearance of yes, the day. How would we actually, Sean? It's good you came off because we wouldn't have known how to sign if we would just said goodbye. No, I don't know. <laughs> we have to stay on forever. All right. Well, of course, <laughs> since I am back and, and I'm here for now. <laughs> all right. You can download the podcast anytime, legendoldies.com, or type in Sports Lounge Live in your podcatcher, or tell your smart device to play. Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcast or Sports Lounge Live Podcast from TuneIn Live, or go to 773-572-3006, option number nine. And remember, tomorrow, the Bill Perry and Friends show will be at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific in the place of the Tim Oni show. And next, until next Tuesday, we will see you. Recording stopped.